I don't have nearly enough of these, but uh, most of you will get one. If you like to take notes, there it is. Or if you just want to see what the scriptures are that we'll be using, I'm going to put the mic on me. And welcome back to Liz. Fun to have you back, Liz. She left with uh, the burning of the Lord to be a witness, and she's back with even more burning of that. Yeah, wonderful. If you are new, sometimes it takes a while, you know, to uh, maybe to feel comfortable or to feel like this could be your place, and uh, it's hard for some of us to remember name sorry about that but just keep telling us who you are you know don't tell me if you've been here nine months that you've already been here nine months but uh, uh, we like having new people we always have new people it's amazing that god brings people to this house and we're working on an addition as you can see if you think of it pray for us as we get closer to the end it seems like it takes more perseverance to break through and finish and when we do finish, this group is going downstairs because we're having a lot more room down there. And that's going to be fun indeed. Thanks for the word about CTS. It was at that word when I was teaching from First uh, Thessalonians that this word really began to spark in a fresh way in me. Not that I haven't studied the second coming before, but it was really sparked in there so I'm thankful for that. My dad was a pastor, he's in heaven now, I have five sisters and my dad would do what I often do, go off and preach for a weekend somewhere. We never knew exactly when he was coming back but it was always fun to anticipate his coming back and we all, we want to, it's kind of a contest, we want to be the first one out and uh, when we lived in San Francisco, I don't even know if I should say this, that if we got out and we met him down the street, we would ride on the bumper home. I was five years old. On the bumper of this old Dodge. I, he must have gone slow. I don't think he went fast. But that was pretty special. And, you know, when we knew he was close, we would get excited. We wanted to have done what we were supposed to do. We didn't want him to come home if mom was going to say uh, dad you need to speak to Paul that wouldn't be fun to greet him but it was usually real exciting to race out and try to be the first to touch dad because we were very close to him and it was special and somebody would yell dad's back and then we'd at that point, the agenda, whatever we, else we had, suddenly shifted into remote insignificance. We didn't want to finish the Monopoly game. We were out playing the backyard. Nothing was important because Dad's home, and that became the agenda. Now you know why I wanted to sing that song. Behold, he comes riding on the cloud. There are six things that I find in Scripture about the day that I want to point out to you tonight from the Word of God. And uh, you've got them in your notes. The first is lights out. I want you to imagine a quiet universe. 
for a moment. I'm going to have you do some imagining tonight. Imagination is close to faith. It's seeing invisible things. So imagine that. Or better yet, imagine no universe. So there's no crackling of a fire, no, no water flowing, nobody shouting, nothing. And then God breaks that silence with what words? Let there be light. And bango. Stars, 10,000 times bigger than the earth, are suddenly in space and the sun is there. And we've got light. And light has been overcoming the darkness since God spoke. And again, God is going to speak, but it's going to be a different word. Look in your notes here. Immediately after the distress of those days. Say distress. That's a mild word for what we're going to see. What is the distress of those days? Turn your Bibles to Revelation 8. If you've got a Bible, if you don't, that's okay. Look on or just listen up. Revelation 8, verse 7 to 9. If you want to, you want to think about distress. We, we felt some distress a few weeks ago when Drew walked up with his son. And what did you say, Drew, to me? So there's water. There's water in the basement. Lots of it. When they came to uh, deal with the, the professionals that came, they said, we've seen this much water in a commercial property, but never in a residence. It was distressing. Well, that, we, that took us a few weeks to deal with. Think about these kinds of things. Verse 7 of chapter 8, The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down upon the earth, a third of the earth, was burned up. This wasn't 1707 Leah Avenue in Roseville. This was a third of the earth. Talk about distressing. A third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. What would that create? Imagine world worldwide. I mean, they'll wipe out whole cities. You throw a mountain into the into the lake, and that's going to create torrential waves. A third of the sea turned into blood. I wonder if that's blood of people and say. A third of living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Picture it. When one ship has an accident, we, we think about it for weeks. A third of the ships talk about distress. Turn over to Revelation 16, 18 and 19. Then there shall come flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake. What's it going to register? It's going to wipe out whole cities. The great city split into three parts and cities of the nations collapsed. What would it take to wipe out whole major cities? It'd take a big earthquake. 200,000 down in Haiti was very distressing for us all. I have a friend that works there. 
an evangelist. Very distressing. That's nothing. And I don't say that against the Haitians. I felt for them. That's nothing compared to the end of the world. God remembered Babylon the Great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. One more passage, Revelation 6, verse 13 and 14. We don't hear a lot about judgment. It's in the book. As I was reading this book this week, I said, this is a book that young adults need to read and need to understand. Because the God who is the merciful Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. And the day will come when he will judge the world that unrepentant and unredeemed humanity will suffer from the outpoured wrath of God in full measure. And it will be a terrible day. Then the kings of the earth, wait a minute, uh, verse 13 and 14, and the stars of the sky, listen to this, fell to earth. Oh my! Stars falling to earth. What would that do to our axis? What would that do to our revolutions? That'll throw us off. Stars come to the earth. What impact would that have on our world? And how do they do it? As late figs (laughs) drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. God goes... (sighs) It's torrential. The sky receded like a scroll, rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. There goes Japan. That's what Karen said. So immediately after the stress of those days, we just read about those days. Okay, read it with me. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And the Lord who said, let there be light, at the end of the world will say, let there be no light. And in that moment, it's curtain call. It's the end of history. Time out. And that relative of yours that has been thinking about committing his or her life to Christ just lost this opportunity. The door just shut. Those five foolish ones who were caught off guard didn't quite make it. They're, they're pounding on the door, let us in. It's locked for all eternity. No more entrance, no more chance. Full of regret, people, oh my, I was wrong. I had a chance. I was getting close. Now they're not even close. Now they're dreadfully far away. So far away that Jesus calls it outer darkness. Not just dark, outer darkness. Time of terrible regret when God turns the light out. And then he will come, it says. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. So he's coming back in the dark. I think he's coming back at midnight. I think... That's when the bridegroom comes to surprise the bride. And I think he's coming in the dark of night. But he's going to be shining so bright, it says nobody will miss him. Figure that one out. Every eye will see him. And the millions upon 
millions of angels. Time's up. Number two, a sound. That voice broke the darkness, broke the silence with a word. When the Lord gave the Ten Commandments, the mountain shook, it trembled, and a great sound of the trumpet. When God poured out His Spirit on Pentecost, it said there came a sound like the rush of a mighty wind. That filled the place where they were sitting. Come, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Now we're waiting. That was good. We're waiting for that final sound. There's going to be a sound from heaven. Read it with me. The Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. It says three things. A loud command. Who could that be? I think it's Jesus. Jesus is the captain of the army. The host of heaven literally means army of heaven. In Israel, when they speak about their militia, it's the same word used for host in the Hebrew. So we're talking about the army of heaven. First thing is the command. They're waiting for the command of Jesus. When Jesus was in the garden, he was being arrested. Remember, Peter drew his sword, cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Jesus said, put it back. Could I not call to my Father and he would send me twelve legions of angels? And when he said that, 72,000 angels in heaven reached for their sword. Ready at the moment that the Son of God would say, Come. They would have been there in an instant. And that would have been it. He didn't say that because he needed to die. But he'll say it then. And it'll be the command. And they will be ready to march. One of them could take an entire army and did take the Assyrian army, one angel. Imagine a hundred million of them, what that will look like. So it's, first of all, it's the command, then it's the voice of the archangel. I wonder if that's like the sergeant who brings them together, lines them up. If they're a hundred million strong, which is very possible, it could be a billion. Myriad, the Bible says myriads, that could be millions. So, Michael just gets them lined up, or Gabriel, ready for action. And then the third thing is the trumpet sound. They they knew about trumpet sounds, because trumpets called people to battle and signaled divine activity of, of a sober nature. When the law was given, the trumpet sounded. It got louder and louder, it says in Exodus 19. To the point that Moses says in Hebrews 12, Moses said, I exceedingly quaked in fear. He was scared to death because of the sound. It's going to be louder than that sound that we hear every once in a while when they're testing for emergency air raids or whatever. That's loud. Nothing. Nothing in comparison. 
The whole world will hear it and it will be deafening. Nobody's going to miss it. That sound's going to wake the dead. It's going to be their alarm clock. Because it says the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. Imperishable. My. Number three, a resurrection. The Thessalonians, and here's where we're studying this at, uh, at CTS. The Thessalonians were asking the question, wait a minute. What about the dead people? Did they, are they missing it? No. Did they lose out? Because they've already died. What, what, what happens now? And Paul said, not only will they be in, but they will be, they'll be first in line. Read it here with me. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven, and the dead will rise first. So Jesus is fulfilling His promise when He said, "And I will raise them up at the last day." I want you to picture this now. Carrie, uh, Carrie's grandmother just died. So Carrie's going to the grave. Anybody lost loved ones in the last few months? Anybody? Okay, yeah. Okay. So picture yourself going to the grave. And you hear a sound. And you know that this is not testing. This is this is the sound. And then you're gonna put flowers on the grave. Put the grave open. That is if they died believing in Jesus. Can you speak up a little bit? We're hard to hear. Okay, sorry. (laughs) The grave opens. And not one, but the grave of every believer in that cemetery. So 300 or 5,000. And not only in St. Paul, but in Afghanistan, and in Somalia, and in North Korea, and Alaska, all at the same time, perhaps a billion. Are there a billion dead people who believe in Jesus? I think so. I think there are. So you've got a billion people rising from the graves and Christians shouting, He's coming! He's coming! Because that's a signal. The dead are being raised up. Those who are there were not first. The dead are first. And so they are rising. Now, that's exciting for the believer. What's happening to the unbeliever? You know that cemeteries are sometimes, to people, spooky places? This gets very spooky. Can you imagine when the graves open up? People are going to die of heart attacks. Because that, that's, that'll be too much. They won't be able to stand that. We know what's happening. But they're saying, oh my. And they they under, they recognize something dreadful is about to happen to them. And they're shuddering with fear. Transformation. Read it with me. Paul says, We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power and enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. There's a man in heaven 
The man has a body. It's a glorified body, but it's a body. It's a body that can doesn't stop for walls, but can eat food. We don't make it through walls, but we will when the change takes place. He says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Look at me. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to speak louder. Sorry. Look at me. This is how fast it's going to be. It just happened. Did you see it? In the twinkling of an eye. Just like that. It just happened. We got changed. How are we being changed right now? What does the Bible say? We're being changed from glory to glory. One degree to another. It's a slow process. Sometimes God gives me a word, and I think, how long did you wait to tell me that? <laughs> I think, he waited, he waited 20 years to tell me that. How patient God is. He could have told me 20 years ago, and I could have started doing it then. Maybe I wasn't ready to receive it. He just tells me a word. He just slips it in. He waits to change me. I mean, change one degree, little by little. My wife thinks it would be faster and more complete, I'm sure. But it's happening, little by little. No, you didn't say it. I said it. Read with me. We know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. One, one look is all it takes. One look. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a man. And we shall see face to face. I look forward to that. I really look forward. No more reacting to people. I love that lady right there. I love Karen. I don't know. Thank you. Sometimes I react to her. Why do I do that? I'm stubborn. You, you probably can't even believe this, but I'm stubborn. I don't change easy. I look forward to the kindness of Christ. I look forward to responding to people in the kindness and gentleness of Christ. I look forward to not struggling with pride. I look forward to be like Jesus. And when that happens, you're going to say to your friend, you really look like Jesus. They're going to say, so do you. We're going to be changed just like that. For all eternity, we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit without effort. That's a wonderful thing to anticipate. And it says that as we, as we think about that, it kind of speeds the process up. As you hope in this, you are purified. As you think, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be perfect. Think about that. Just stop and think about that. My responses are going to be right to people. I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to be looking for attention. And as we think that way, it starts to happen in us. Even as we think that way. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That powerful? Fifth, a gathering. Read it with me. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, 
How long is gonna is that gonna take? Maybe two seconds. As these angels speed on their way, they know their assignment. They know who they're going after. There's going to be the revealing of the sons of God. When they gather them, then you know who is and you know who isn't. There's going to be a gathering. Gather us together. I don't know if they'll be gathering those who have already been raised up or if they are already a part of that gathered community because it says they'll come down there. But those who are still remaining will be gathered, brought together, and will sit down together. If we sat down at this table in the kitchen, or in the dining room here, we could get ten people around the table. What kind of table is it going to take to get three billion? What kind of celebration is that going to be? What kind of supper will that be? You know who's cooking it? The Father. I believe according to a passage in Isaiah, the Father, it says the Father is going to have a sit down. He's going to serve us. He's going to cook. It'll be good. And it's going to be real food. It's not going to be just, I'm not talking about spiritual food. It's going to be real food. We're going to eat. We're going to celebrate. And that's going to begin, listen to this, uninterrupted bliss for all eternity. But some didn't get gathered. Imagine what they're thinking. Oh, David was right. Scott was right. Kelly was right. They talked to me. I didn't listen. I was too proud. I was too selfish. Imagine the regret. Imagine the pain of thinking, I could be gathered right now, and I'm left. The horrendous regret. The deep sorrow. They missed it. People that you know well will be missed. Finally, terror. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. Say more. Now make it something strong. What's stronger than mourning? Wailing. Sobbing uncontrollably. Mourn is a little too weak for what's going to happen for them. They're going to start to mourn. Why? Because his wrath is coming. When he comes... Like someone already said, there's fire in his eyes, blazing fire. And against the darkness, it will be piercing to see the Son of God on this white horse coming, glowing. 
and coming down to earth. And you take one look at them, we're transformed. They took one look at them, and what are they doing? They're praying. But who are they praying to? They're not praying to God. They're praying to the mountains and the rocks. What are they saying? Fall on us. Fall on us. Crush us. Spare us from the wrath of the Lamb. He's not smiling when He's coming. He's coming with terror in His eyes to bring vengeance on a God who has been overlooked, who has been insulted, who has been cursed, and now the Son is coming back to do His business, and the angels are with Him, and they're powerful. It says He will come with the mighty angels in full glory. What does glory mean? It's, it's manifestation of character. It will be glorious. It will be radiant. It will be for us a great day. For them it will be a terrible day. I don't wish that on my enemies. But I want to think about it. At the same time as these people are shrieking with terror, Christians are shouting. We see Him. And we are shouting, the King's here! The King's here! Jesus is back! Maranatha! But listen, not all Christians. Not all of them. Why not? The Bible says, some will barely escape, but as through fire. 1 John 4.19 says, that His love is worked in us so that we have confidence for His coming in His judgment. So we can have confidence. What if I'm anticipating, or someone's anticipating an affair? I don't even want to say it. What if someone's anticipating, or in the midst of an affair, and they're Christians? What if somebody is splitting a church with gossip at the time that Jesus returns? They're not going to say, oh, wonderful. Any more than when my dad was coming back, if I got in trouble, was I looking forward to death return? Ordinarily I was. But if I was messing up bad, I'm still his child. He's still going to hug me, but it won't feel the same. So I want to live this night as if he's coming tonight at midnight. I want to treat you as if He's coming tonight. Tomorrow, I want to live as if He's coming. I want it to be in the front of my mind as much as when my dad was coming back. I'm thinking, Dad's coming back. Dad's coming back. Dad, he, He's coming back. I, it's, he's coming back today. We, we didn't know the hour, but we knew the day. He's coming back. And it's going to be so much fun. And that motivated me to live in a way that made His coming a time of rejoicing. How are you living? Are you living in such a way that if He came tonight, you'd say, Hallelujah, this is good news. This is so wonderful. I receive you, Jesus. It's so good that you're coming back. Are you living in such a way that you'll be embarrassed? You'll make it in if you're trusting in Jesus. You'll make it in. But is that what you want? That's not what I want. Just let it settle in for a moment. Where is your heart? And where 
where your treasure is or where, where your, will your heart be. I hope that I don't have money in the bank when he comes back. Because I just, you know, I'm not going to check my bank balance when he comes. I hope I've given it all away by the time he comes back. I hope I'm not clinging to some game when he returns. I hope my hands are lifted in anticipation. I'm living in such a way that I can say, come Lord Jesus. I want this to motivate my tomorrow and my Thursday and Friday. And I want to do it for you too. So I just pray tonight that the Lord will uh, burn His coming onto you. It was slow in coming to me. I want to get back here. Spirit, would would you work this truth into our hearts? Yes. Yes. Somebody read Second Peter chapter three. It's about verse eleven, I think. Eleven through thirteen. thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will be will melt as they burn. <coughs> but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What sort of life ought we to live? This is not law. We're welcoming the king. But it's sober. It's very sober. <coughs> However you want to pray, with your eyes open, closed, just offer up a prayer. That nothing will, will cause you to, to cool off to lose your passion, that there will be no deception, that you won't be deceived by riches or by sex, by pleasure of any kind, that you won't be taken. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. What a shame. Paul lost a friend. Soon and very soon We are going to see the King Soon and very soon
It's going to sound. Everybody's going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. You're going to hear it. We're going to be excited. That's our call. That's our signal. That it, history is over and eternity just started. My, oh, my. You know, we've got time and eternity to rest up. Let's get the job done now. Don't hold back. My dear brother, my dear sister, do not hold back back. Let's give it everything we've got. For Jesus' sake, give it all you've got. Oh, I pray that no one here would be passive. That no one here would fail to use their talents. The king gave us something, and then he went on a journey. And he gave talents. Two people said, we're going to go to work. And they got the job done. And what did the king say when, they, when the guy came back? He said, well done. Way to go. Way to go, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with a very little. I'm going to put you in authority over ten cities. My, oh my, that's an upgrade. What about the third? What did you say? I knew you were a hard man. What was that all about? He didn't do what he's called to do. You know, in a room this size, there may be somebody who decides not to do it. I hope I hope that's nobody here. I hope that's nobody that just falls into some kind of passivity or lethargy just to enjoy the pleasures of this world because you think this is it. This isn't it. We are citizens of heaven. This is not our place. This is not our home. This is not where we're to settle down. We're not settling down here. We're getting the job done and then we're going to our eternal reward. And he's going to say to you, I hope, way to go. Well done. Way to do it. I want to make it happen while I've got time. I hope you do too. I'm not thinking about retirement. That's the farthest thing from my mind. I pray for 30 more years so I can I can be healthy to to do what I'm called to do. What about you? Let's just have a few of you just lead out and pray, and then we're going to divide up into small groups to finish it off. Then we'll break for the evening. Just a few of you pray. Pray real loud. We got people outside, right? Maybe maybe one of you out there should pray. Pray in through the in through the door there. I just want to share tonight that uh, as this call came out, if you're one of those people 
that's like, man, I don't know if I'm living right. It's not too late. You know, this, there you go. the trumpet's going out right now to sound to say it's time to get oil. And there's grace right now. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason that we have this word. So I don't want anybody to feel shame of, you know, maybe I, I came in here and, and I, I'm backslidden. I'm, I'm compromising an area. And that there's grace today. And, and he's calling you today to get back in the game. The Reds fall down seven times and they get back up. And so Good. it's really a season Amen. for us as a body to really go after getting oil. So we're mm-hmm. ready. Our, our, our lamps are are full and the right. wick is trimmed. And we're ready, mm-hmm. anticipating his coming. And so that's my prayer tonight, that his kindness would lead us to repentance. Yeah. And that we know that it's, it's his gracious love that gives us the warning ahead of time so that we can get ready. And so it's not too late. I'll just say that. It's not too late. Amen. Okay. You lead in prayer. And... You know, the the amazing thing to me is that in this community, people are so honest, people are so vulnerable. And we can say, I need to get ready. I need to trim those wicks. I need to let my light be burning brightly. And if if Clint was sharing that, and you're identifying with that, saying, I need... I need more of the Holy Spirit. Well, we all do. But if you're in a place where maybe there's some compromise in your life or there's unfinished business and you know there's unfinished business that you need to do. When my dad was close to death, I said, Dad, do you have anything left to do? And he was lying on a bed dying of cancer. And he said, no, I think I did what the Lord told me to do. That's a good way to die. I did what I was supposed to do. So if you're in that place that, that Clint was speaking about, we want to pray. And there's no shame, just grace. Grace put on you. Raise your hand if you need that prayer. You see a hand go up near you? Just uh, touch them. Good? Put your hand. Look around. This is our chance to take a step. Repentance is, is sorrow, but it goes from sorrow to change. And if there are things in your life that need to change, know that God comes with His grace to help you. Father, I just thank You that we can come before the throne of grace and freely receive as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. That's right. We're not looking for a righteousness that is keeping the law, but that which comes through faith in Your Son, Father. So God, I just pray that You would give us that grace. God, that You would allow us expand our ability to receive more of You, God. Transform us, God, each of us. We just say today, Lord, we commit wholeheartedly to following You. To preparing those around us, God. We want to be a voice right now preparing the way for Your return, God. Making straight the path. God, let the valleys be exalted and the hills brought low in our lives, God. I pray that You would confront the lies that we've believed about ourselves. The lies we believe about the hour in which we're living. God, give us an urgency. Stir up a zeal. Lord, You told us to assemble even more so as we see that day approaching. God, we see the day approaching. We see the signs of the times. And God, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you make us ready? Would you make us ready as individuals? Would you make us ready as a family, God? That we would be a family that is crying out with the Spirit and the Bride saying, Come, come, Lord Jesus, we are ready. We have been washed by the water of your word. God, we have been made white by your blood. And we thank you. We thank you that we can have boldness in that day, God. That we can have boldness and confidence in you. Yes. Father, we just come before you and we break the spirit of performance orientation. That in some way we can earn 
what it is that you've called us to do. That's God. right. We break the power of that. Yes, and we God. receive the free gift of salvation and sanctification yes. and yes, justification. God. We pour out the spirit of receiving your grace and freedom, Jesus. We ask you just to come, Lord, and we rebuke yes, the power of performance orientation. Yes, and we ask you to fill us with the love and the joy of your Son, your God-man, yes. Jesus. Yes. Fill us, Jesus, with the fill knowledge of who we are, that you are coming to an equally yoked bride, a bride that is holy as you are holy, yes. a bride that loves as you love, a bride that can freely receive as you receive the love of the Father, God. Give us the grace to receive and pour out your love as you pour it out for us, God. We just ask you to give us the wine of your love, God. Your love is better than wine. It's better than the earthly pleasures of this world. It is greater than all things, God. Give us the love. We break the power of our trauma. We break the power of our circumstances. We break the power of our circumstances, God, in Jesus' name. Open our eyes lest we sleep the sleep of death, Jesus. We cry out, come Lord Jesus. If you're saying, I want to obey the Lord. I want to do what He says. I'm just not sure what that is. God is merciful to people like that. God is tender. And He gives you he gives you time. He gives you direction a little at a time. And He will lead you into your destiny if your heart is set on following Him. You don't have to know tonight. If you don't know, that's not a big issue. It's more important that you're obedient to Him than you know the specific destiny to which He is calling you. But if your heart is right, if you're saying, I want to do the Lord's will, I want to obey Him, I want to I want to get ready for his coming. Then that's important and he will lead you. And for any who want to discover more of what their destiny might be, I wrote a book about that called Dare to Dream and would love to to give that to you. So you let me know if you'd like to read that. Any more prayers or exhortations that are here before we break up? Any words that God is stirring? Father, I just want to give thanks, Lord, for, for the good things in this room, Father. Mm -hmm. And I know, Father God, that you say you formed us in our mother's wombs, Lord. And just as the brother prayed on performance, Father God, I just I just thank you that, Father, when... when uh, Real loud, David, please. Well, we are filled by you, Lord, Father. I just I just thank you that when you clean us up, Lord, that we... You reach down in the muck and the mire and you pull mm -hmm. us out, Lord. Yes. And you are the light of the world, Father, and you desire to clean us up. You desire to wash us up, Father. Yes. We are we are your children. We are your we are your precious diamonds, Lord. Uh -huh. yes. Jesus, you are the light of the world, and we are when, when when you are in us and you permeate through us, Lord. There's no trying, there's no striving, there's an abiding, there's a resting, Father. And Father God, I just pray for a release in this room, Father God. For the yes. giftings, Father God, the calling, the mandate, yes. Father God. Yes. Father, just sons and daughters, just just to know who we are and whose we are, Father. The devil cannot stand that. When we know who we are and whose we are, Father God, I just ask you to pour out that revelation. That we could just fellowship with our Father, that you are not in a hurry. Father God, when, when we are under the blood, Father God, when we are blood-bought, Father, you just want to love on us. You just want to go there. One of the most powerful words you ever spoke over my life is, My son, can I go there? 
Don't push me away. If you want to keep the rooms yeah. to yourself, if you want to hide things, you can keep them. But I just want to go there. I already know what happened. I already know what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And so, Father God, I ask you to pierce hearts in this room, yes. Father God, with the Father's love, yes. yeah. with the saving grace of the blood of Jesus. Pour out that revelation. Yes. Father God, and as Paul said, the same Spirit, pour out the revelation on the Scripture, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. The same Spirit, Father God, you got me. Father God, that we cannot do, Father God, by your Spirit. Just as the brothers prayed out the unity, Father God, we need each other. We just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Father God, but you've been speaking to me lately. Father God, but that you know who, you, who yours are. Yeah. Father God, we need to be bold, as, as was said in this room also. We need to be bold that we will not compromise. We will not stand back. Yes. We will not... We will not Trample upon the blood of Christ Jesus that was shed for our wretchedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we deserve hell, but we, we, we gain glory through what you've done, Lord Jesus. I quote the scripture, mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 5.21, You, God, mm-hmm. made him Jesus who knew no sin yes. to be sin, that we in him might be the righteousness of God. Pour out that revelation. Come Father, come Son, come Holy Ghost, every way. Jesus. Papa, I just Father, pray, you Father, for, the word for that. that. You gave us tonight the exhortation that we receive. We receive this word. We receive uh, the, the urgency that you're putting upon our heart. We thank you also for just a sense of anticipation of your return. I pray that you would stir that in us. That we would really live a life that would hasten your return, God. We thank you that you are causing us to be more watchful and mindful of how we use our time and how we can be uh, helping others in this in this marathon race, God. We thank you for your grace that is giving us to go the distance. And so would, would you work with us as we come alongside of you, God, and see what you're doing. And thank you that this is such an adventure with you and we can anticipate such fantastic things in our life and those around us. We want to hasten the day. So Lord, That's would you right. help us to be watchful and mindful of everything that we do and say and uh, live in this, this life with such a, a great anticipation and excitement for the exciting things that are coming. Amen. I have another prayer over here just before that. It, it's the strategy of Satan to isolate us. So look around. See anybody you know or you like? Anybody you'd like to team up with? See your brothers and sisters. You're connected to them. You can encourage them. They can encourage you. Courage is relational. As we're connected together, we have a lot more courage. If I go door to door, I got one person with me. I'm ten times more courageous than if I'm alone. Isn't that true? So you got somebody that loves, somebody that loves you, just like we're in the prayers. That gives us strength. And so what we're going to do a little later now, we're going to eat together or whatever, some are fasting, or we're going to pray together, or we're going to sit down and talk together. That's a part of the evening too, where we get to know one another better. Our confidence in God working in one another's lives. That's so wonderful. You were going to pray, brother. Would you give a word? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, Loud. Abba, I just pray, Father, that as we're contending for a new faith, Father, a faith that the church has never known, Papa, that we would strive against the sin in our lives, Father, but not strive 
to get that anointing, Father. Father, that as you raise us up under a corporate anointing that this body has never known, Father, that, that we would tarry. Lord, the disciples were just little beaten down, Jesus betraying nobodies. And Father, they waited. And so, Abba, I just pray that we would be waiting for that greater anointing. They got the little dipper. But we're about to get the big dipper. And so I pray, Father, that we would be diligent to enter your rest, Father. I pray that we would we would be diligent to fight that internal fight. Lord God, that we would have no leaven in our house, Father. No leaven. No sin in the camp, Abba. And only you can do this. And Abba, then when we're ready, Abba, and we've come, Lord, under your yoke, you'll pour it out and we will speak to nations. Entire masses of prostitutes, junkies, Father, pimps, and all of the sinners, Father, coming in droves, Abba. Coming by nations, Father. We, we long for it, Abba. So we just pray, Father. We we ask, pour out that hastening that starts in our hearts, Abba. In the name above every name, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ. Yeah. 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 Yeah.